Hello everyone, we're back. I'm Dark. I'm Moss. And this is the Dark and Moss Show. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're probably going to end up calling it because we can't figure out our name, huh? Well, <laughs> well it's Dark and Moss no matter what. So. Well, yeah, it's, it's always going to be us. But uh, today I think we're going to touch subject on a few things we've been wanting to talk about. We're going to talk about relationships. And like love and the way that we've um, experienced that kind of stuff. Or at least um, witness people as well. Yeah, and how it's perceived, because a lot of people have different mixed emotions on how it's perceived, I think. Yeah, whether or not it's the, you know, heteronormative, you know, man and a woman thing, or it's LGBT stuff. Obviously, if you're, you know, new to the podcast, you probably don't know, but both uh, Dark and Moth are a part of the LGBT community. Um, it is just a thing that's, like, it's a weird... Uh, thing to figure out is when you're growing up LGBT whether or not your relationship will model the you know typical heteronormative thing or if you will have your own unique style you know yeah and and also on top of that you know it helps people to understand you know we're going to try to help people to understand our side and our coming out stories as well because a lot of people don't know when we came out what (laughs) what it was like and I don't think uh, a lot of people understand that there was a lot of different stuff. And I came from an era where we weren't allowed to be gay. You had to hide that. Right. It wasn't open as it is now, which I'm starting to learn and enjoy. But I still know my boundaries, and I think that's very important as well. But that comes from what we're going to talk about later. <laughs> and that's also our family values and how yeah. families made us view relationships and stuff as well. Definitely. Because it pays a big role on, you know, how you turn out or how, you know, you want to live your life as you get older. Yeah. And before we start, I want to make sure that we touch on, you know, um, things that we might, you know, say. This is a full disclaimer. We'll probably disclaim before we talk about it, but it does kind of touch on things like, you know, homophobia, transphobia, and then obviously, like, Uh, abusive relationships like between parents or just within your own relationships things like that that if that stuff is triggering for you obviously we'll 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 disclaim before we talk about it but yeah we're also going to talk about uh rebounds and cheaters as well but we uh want to disclaim all of this because (laughs) we don't want to trigger you guys we just want you guys to understand our perspective and how we feel situation should be handled or how it should the situation that we heard about or we're explaining should have been handled before it got out of hand exactly and that's honestly the honest truth because i think a lot of relationships out there can be saved if they had the time and they had the emotions to put into it but if somebody's emotionally tired they're emotionally tired so exactly and and throughout this episode you'll probably end up hearing a lot more of dark he's got a lot more um I guess experience within you know uh, relationships and all that kind of thing. I'm not necessarily new to it, but I'm also not as like uh, well versed in that kind of a thing. So if you hear Dark kind of leading this, I'm it's he, he's not talking over me or anything. Like it really is me just like kind of letting him take the reins, you know? Yeah, uh, the viewers out there, you guys have to understand. I'm an older guy, so uh, I'm in my late thirties. And Moth, you're in your beginning 20s. Yeah. <laughs> so we we have our lives. And yes, I do have children as well. So I can get in touch subject on all of that later and how that happened and everything. But um, yeah, let's just 
go ahead and dig into it. What What is your, since they're going to obviously know the older age of how we expected love to be and what relationships were explained like. But for you, how were relationships explained? I mean, for the younger generation. Um, I don't, with my family, my family never kind of gave me that sort of rundown. I just learned through, you know, my aunts and my uncles and obviously my parents. It always just sort of, to me, seemed like that love and, and all these happy relationships did not exist. It uh, There is not, you know, one relationship that I think that I can pick out within my life that I've seen as far as within my family that I'm like, I would love to be in a relationship like that. I want to live like this. Um, and I don't know if that spans across the rest of um, the my, my, my peers, but my... Um, view on relationships and how I was kind of led to believe is that there was a um, person that was sort of you were always there for that person and that person was always there for you and that's such a weird concept because that just sounds like friends to me so even when I was a kid kind of like getting sort of an idea of what relationships were I was like so a friend so uh, uh, really close relationship but somehow it's different and I think that's because of how you know within the last you know 20 ish years that, that I've been alive it's been uh, it's been redefined so often based on you know like the legalization of, of gay marriage and you know lots of um, uh, w I don't know maybe what I'm getting at is that when relationships started they were about property exchange, and often the property was land or women. And so when you think about, like, marriage or you think about, like, love, and then you realize where it actually came from, the reason why that, that it was so heavily romanticized was because they didn't want it to sound as weird as it was that, you know, if you're, girl, if you're a woman you're gonna be sold <laughs> like you are you and your virtue or whatever are gonna be sold hand in hand with whatever your family owns and like that's really fucking weird to me honestly um so when i was growing up sort of obviously not in a world like that anymore i was just like okay so what now what is there for me to strive for? Um, I am a child of divorce. My parents uh, divorced when I was eight years old in third grade. Um, they weren't uh, necessarily terribly ab abusive. I never saw any any physical violence, any of that kind of thing in my home. Um, but it was a lot of, you know, uh, yelling, screaming matches. And after that relationship, I saw how their view of each other was put onto uh, myself and my siblings where it was like don't listen to him he doesn't know this tell talk about the time that he pierced his belly button in high school or something like just like trying to give us ammunition to go and go after the other parent you know and it's that was sort of how I ended up viewing that um, but I know that it was taught from a younger age if you were you know um, like if you grew up a woman you sort of are told you're gonna find a good man that is that's gonna open the door for you, and I'm like, okay, but like, what if I just want a friend to open the door for me? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> like know. again, basic human decency. I don't know if that should be a and, relationship. And plus, thing. you're such a young age, you don't understand what they're trying to tell you anyway. 
Exactly. They're they're speaking adult, and you're just hearing what the fuck, you know? And I think that as far as that goes, I mean, you're right. And did, and then you got to also have the emotions from the parents fighting. (laughs) Is is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? You know, was it? And then some parents actually relay that back towards their children, and they really do make it feel like. It, it was your fault that this relationship fell apart. Yeah, like, like you're if the I wouldn't have had you anger. guys, yeah, we would probably still be happy. And I don't think as adults and parents we should ever look at it in that situation. No matter how I do understand that there are bad relationships, and those ones I'm not talking about. We, those are not the ones I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the regular ones that just you just break up. They and, don't work out. Yeah, and they yeah. just don't work out. You don't want all the drama. You know, but nowadays, even from some of my friends I see on Facebook, there's a lot of drama involved in these relationships. They're when subtly they break, calling each yes, other out yeah, on and, like and, posts and things. And it's like, and I whoa. Have a, I have a friend right now from high school that she literally is like, you know, I don't want to bring this drama here, but you're bringing the drama here. And since you want to call me out, then I guess I could play your game. Hey, you know, yo. <laughs> I understand. And I'm sitting there going, well, I did see him talking bad about her before in the past on Facebook when she was just trying to ask simple questions about the kids. Are you going to come see your kids? Are you going to at least, you know, be there for the kids? Are you going to do all these things for the kids? And it's like. That's completely valid, but also don't be mad about that. (laughs) But then again, I've always said this, and I think a lot of people, and like, I'm not trying to make that friend mad, but I feel in the end that maybe we should just not put that stuff on Facebook. I mean, you should save it for a personal message, but then I can understand why this person has gotten upset so many times as well. Because even when this person doesn't put it on Facebook... Absolutely. It, it's a shit show. It, that other person manages, the other person in the relationship manages to put it on Facebook and start talking shit. And it's like you are just adding fuel to the fire to something that you already knew was already flaming. And I don't understand as parents that have children, I think that when you guys are in a relationship and it ends Please try. I know it's so hard. Please try not to, one, blame your children. I know you're going to have moments where you feel like, oh, if this did, like I said before, if this wasn't my situation, maybe things would have been better. Don't ever think that. Your children are your world, and you should always feel that way about them. There should be no question about that. You know, and if you're there and you're trying to be there for your child, but they won't allow you to be, then... You should still show your best and at least try to go through the court system. And if you can't go through the court system for some unknown reason, then I think you should still try to be there for your child, even if it's in the background somehow. Because you know what that teaches the child is that that parent still cares for me. That yes. parent still wants to talk to me, still wants to be there for me. It's very, it's a very subtle thing if you don't try your damnedest to, to, to see them, you know? It is a little thing that is going to be huge in that kid's head. Um, like, actually, that, that's a good thing for me to talk about is uh, when my parents divorced, it wasn't one week on, one week off until um, uh, the pandemic that happened a couple years ago. 
you know what our schedule was? Monday at mom's house, Tuesdays at dad's house, Wednesdays at mom's house, Thursdays at dad's house, and then every other Friday and weekend with opposite parents. That's how that was. For, since I was eight years old, I had, been co- I had been constantly moving that way, and it was because of my dad. He wanted to make sure that he was seeing me 95% of the time. And my mom, you know, wanted that as well. So the way that they compromised was by doing this, honestly, gas wasting of, of commute yeah, from, so, from oh, Modesto definitely. to, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, like, from, you know, like, this tw- this 25-minute drive, if, if I was, you know, going to my mom's house or whatever, and it really, like, it solidified to me, like, as inconvenient as it was as a kid, at least I knew that both of my parents wanted to see me all the time. It, it, it affirmed to me that I still mattered to them. And I think that, obviously, if that doesn't work for your schedule, you shouldn't do that if you're currently going through a divorce and figuring out custody with your children. Um, maybe that won't work for you guys. But at least the effort was put in through to, like, you know, as inconvenient as it was that, like, oh, you know, on Christmas morning, no matter what, you always have to be at the other parent's house by 4, 4 p.m. so that you can still have a Christmas day with both parents. That kind of effort that was put in, that I know was put in specifically by my dad, helped me affirm to myself that my parents cared about me and my siblings very deeply and they always wanted to be with them, always wanted to be with me, always wanted to be there. And it was just like, like as as bad of a relationship as I have with them currently, like we're both, we're working on it, you know? Um, as, as not great as it is, at least at the time when I was a kid, I still knew that they cared, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, that's a good thing that you bring up is, is you can't ever put that, put all that like shit on your kids of like this, you're the reason why we divorced or like if like you basically all that that says to the kid is you are the product of our anger. You are the product of our relationship, our really bad relationship. You are the product of that. And therefore you are bad, which is, such a crazy can of worms as a kid <laughs> to get into and it's it's whoa <laughs> you know um so like when you think about all that it's like all right you know uh now what and and when you brought up uh you know facebook and the internet and stuff like that maybe that's actually a thing that i can get in with because within the last you know 20 years the internet has been the vessel for everybody to spill their guts and I think that it gets a little bit too real when you um, oh, are <laughs> openly, you know, slandering people, yeah. like like full, like c- full yeah. on calling out names, calling out all these kinds of things. And it's like you'll you'll hear us say like talk about certain people on this thing, but we're never gonna fully call them out as far as like names. We're never gonna because because we don't want them to have a hard life because of the way that we experience them. And if they are improving in themselves and stuff like that, that is absolutely amazing and good for them. Like it sucks that we had to experience this horrible version of them, but we do not need to, to, it didn't mean that they didn't grow into a flower or anything. It just means that, you know, our perspective and our view of our relationships was our view. Exactly. Because I'm pretty sure they have a different view. Oh, I'm definitely. Sure, uh, I'm pretty sure Absolutely. their view is, is probably the the worst than what we're going to say. Yeah. So it's, it's, and that's how relationships are, though. That's exactly. how they start. But, okay, so we're going to get into mine now. Okay. 
What I was taught when I was younger is way different. Okay. Oh, it's way different. Okay. See, get into it. There was, see, when I was younger, I was always taught, you know, you should only be with one man, you know, Mm. or, you know, a man should only be with a woman. And it had to be that way. And not only did it have to be that way, but you didn't, like, talk about, if you did, like, cheat, you didn't talk about it. You didn't tell your wife. You didn't talk about it with your friends. Like, maybe a couple people knew. But like you know, the drinking buddies or something. But you didn't really talk about it. That wasn't something that got talked about. It's very secretive. It's very uh, you don't go around telling my business. I don't go around telling yours. You keep your name out of my mouth. Oh, that's horrifying. And it was, (laughs) but see, the relationships that I watched growing up, a lot of them was in the growth of uh, the meth period as well. So a lot of my friends' families that I've seen are probably way worse situations than mine was. Mine was, honestly, I I say it's horrible, and to me, in my mind, it was probably a lot worse, but it's because the way I felt and because I didn't understand who I was or why I was there or why everything happened the way it was. Like, So I've talked about I was raised by my grandparents, and my grandparents' way was is, you know, when you get older, you're going to find a woman that's going to take care of you. Meaning, you're going to go to work every single day. When you come home, she needs to have dinner ready for you. Your clothes ironed. Your house cleaned. Your kids fed. You, that's what is expected of of your wife. That is your wife. She is supposed to do those things. It, It wasn't an option like nowadays. You see how a lot of people of relationships are kind of pretty equal. And some of them are not still. But there are a lot out there that are like that, and it was like that. And even if you, like, there was even situations where I had friends that, like, their parents did, like, one of the fathers did hit the mom. But they did not ever do it in front of the children. They would, like, I need to talk to you in the room. Uh, and they, they would they go would handle the thing. Yeah, and they would kind of know because the mom would come out crying. You know, we it was very private back then. You didn't tell your business, you know, like, like we're doing, like what we're doing now, we would probably get our ass chewed into as adults. We would probably get disowned from our family. That's definitely. Uh, but if you didn't get disowned, you were basically, you were shunned. You were like shunned. Everybody doesn't want to be seen. You are the whole, the horrible one who couldn't keep your mouth shut and don't tell him nothing because he'll go blab it out to everybody. And, you know, that's the era in which I think my grandparents grew up in. Oh. And you see, I got to see that part. Right. I got to see that part. Not personally, because my grandparents, they weren't that bad. It was weird. It just affected I, I, your they way basically, of, yeah. Basically, their relationship was the reason why I got into my first relationship and why I never left. Because For you, many yeah. years. Because I wanted to be like my parents. I wanted to have... You know, that relationship. I wanted that relationship of loving, being there. Yeah, you fucked up. You make mistakes. You have to come and go sometimes. But it's forgiveness. There was, was, you know. Yes, there was forgiveness. There was my grandfather leaving sometimes. He had his own house for a minute. And then he came, and then he came back home one day. It was like everything was fine. And And they made up. And. You know, that maybe there was more in there, and I did find out later that, you know, I think they might, may, or, you know, may not have gotten divorced. I don't know that, but I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, I just heard through mouths, you know, and in my family, and I'm not going to name name drop names either, 
but you know and basically you know so i kind of understood it as they were married the whole time though so i based my relationships on that because so, they taught you they taught you yeah. what the ideal relationship was and they modeled that and then they modeled that in the way that even if they were having trouble trouble and all that kind of stuff it modeled to you that you could push through it no matter what yes and and it you know as good as that is i think that when you grow up the way that you did with with you know with your grandparents and not really any parental figures in your life and um sort of your dad being a, a stranger to you kind of thing it was it was odd when um it, it's an odd feeling when when you grow up with this thing you, you watch them push through their trouble but it leads you to think that you can push through abuse more than yeah the, like just regular and for what issues. we what we consider uh, abuse nowadays, and let's let's totally be clear. I'm not saying I got abused. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is what we, what they consider abuse now was not the same when I was growing up as a kid. You have everybody has to remember that, and I'm not gonna say how my parents disciplined me, but we'll just say. They got creative sometimes, and <laughs> and Rug. I probably and I probably deserved it at moments. I probably did because I did. I was not gonna honestly say that I was a good kid because of not knowing that my dad was around, but he didn't want to be next to me. Mm. And you know, I remember being a little kid and telling my grandfather, calling him dad, and him telling me, "No, I'm not your dad. I'm your grandfather." He was oh, honest. Yeah. And 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 my, there was one thing about my grandparents. To your face, they were honest. Mm. If you don't ask them questions, you don't they ask them. You, you. you don't. You don't want the answer to. Basically, yeah. do not ask them a question you do not want the answer to because they are just. They will tell you the truth. Oh yeah. And 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 that back then, like I said, for everything that went around, but then they had theirs. Their things that they wouldn't talk about, and I understand that because when I was younger, if you knew there was something you didn't want to hear, they would speak Spanish. <laughs> So you learn Spanish and you're yeah, hearing well, it. Well, I like, know oh, I, I I was fluent in Spanish, so there was times I did understand what they were talking about. I'm just not gonna admit that I did hear some of the things that I heard, but it, it, that's for every kid and every every you know nationality, because everyone who knows a second language will tell you their parents will say something in the second language. There's probably something that they don't want you to know, but you found out about it and you're kind of like. Oh, dude, I shouldn't know this. But then you know. So you now. keep it to yourself, yeah, and so you're you like, I can't, like, I can't. I can't hear it. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. You just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It didn't happen. My toys is what's happening. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go play my toys. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but we played outside. We went. We we went outside. We did those kinds of things. So, but my view of their relationship was different from the view uh, I saw of my my parent my my friends' parents. Because now I'm going to talk about the middle age parents. See, because you, you have to look at it from two different perspectives for me because I was raised by my grandparents. So I knew about the, you know, 1920 down to 1950 to 19 whatever, you know, because, of course, my grandfather told me about his mom and dad. So I knew about those things and then to now. So, okay, so I grew up in a very long period, and I'm almost, you know, like I said, I'm in my late 30s. So, I obviously know a lot, a lot of relationship information. So, from that point, I noticed that there was the parents that and the relationships were a little different. Because that's when they started, like, you would see, like, 
the different ways parents were raising their kids. There were some parents who you saw that were raising their kids and it was cool, but then there were other parents who were literally out there and, you know, they were doing drugs because meth was a big thing. I knew pot was because anytime you thought you smelled a skunk in the middle of the city, come on. I mean, there wasn't skunks walking through the city at that time. They maybe come out at night because I lived by the railroad tracks. Oh, okay. But, but maybe, but not during the day, not all day long. You don't smell it coming from my house. No. You know, if I'm buying it, it just smells like skunk. Like, they raising a skunk farm in there? It's like, you no, know? no, 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 They're definitely smoking pot. And, like, it was, I, it had to have been different then, too, because now it's currently legalized. It was where hidden. We, like, yeah, oh, yeah, and it was illegal. It was illegal. It and was it, definitely and, illegal. And it was, like very heavily um i guess like not shunned but certainly like you keep it secret you don't talk about it yeah you kind of if you, you do you do it in if your you home know, if you know a person inside. you gotta really trust that person that they're not gonna like you know whatever it's really yeah. odd too like when you talk about like the way that you know you grew up on around certain things it's like it's weird for me because again like i'm you know early 20s and i'm just like all of my roommates smoke weed yeah, all of yeah, them. You're like all uh, of them, and, and I... they offer it to me, and I'm like, "That's, I mean, no thanks." Like, because for right now, I'm not going to. But it's like, it's like it really isn't at all a uh, taboo topic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well, it's completely no, fine. Yeah. And when I was younger, it was. Yeah, it was, it's it's crazy, but it was. <laughs> yeah. It really was. You didn't tell like, dude, don't tell people I smoke weed. Like, yeah. don't tell, don't, man, you're. The My mom finds out I'm smoking weed. Like, yeah. dude, chill, chill, chill. You know? You so, have to, like, shower three then, times before you get back to your, and like... And then, so, crack was already around. We knew people were doing crack, too. That was a thing, too. But then, the new era drug came in. And see, a lot of people don't realize that people were already dipping on acid. They were already doing, you know, shrooms that they got them. But this wasn't like everybody. These were like the, the, the party heavy, going to concert type of people that kids that, you know, were doing that kind of stuff when I was growing up. And then you had, you know, the pot smokers. And then you had, you know, the and they usually smoke cigarettes, too. And that was illegal for all of us anyway, because we were kids. And, you know, so and then there was people that drink. But then you got to know the kids that came in and they had the meth head parents because yeah. now meth came into play. And, and when meth is not like like any, you know, drug like that, that's that's really heavily um, that that is really uh, heavy, heavily addictive, heavily like uh brain numbing it, like things like heroin things like meth things like you know not well i guess lsd is well, also were a part doing of that. cocaine too and cocaine but but meth was a whole nother story for for my era and i think it, it was a huger problem than crack only because it was literally why we have all the laws that we have like well you can't buy a certain amount of fucking uh you can't go into a, a drugstore and buy a certain amount of, like, like normally, you know how people would stock up, like, on antihistamines and stuff oh, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, the nasal medicines and stuff like that. That's why we have a limit now. It it's was because, because the they took that got these, well, no, they, they took these products and they mixed them with actual bleach and ammonia and stuff, because I've seen a real meth lab and I, the table was almost 
three inches thick. I'm not playing. And it was a steel table, three inches thick. And it had a melt, a hole melted through it. So imagine all that stuff, those chemicals mixed together to create something that does that. And then in the end, selling it to people. It's just, yeah. And then it's turned into a dust and it looks like a crystal form, crystal meth. And it's sent out there. And, you know, disclaimer for that, too. I'm sorry I said crystal <laughs> meth. Like, it, we're going to talk about drugs, too. Yeah, because, so, I mean, that's it does affect also relationships with stuff like that a lot, yes. is if you're if you're in a relationship with an addict, if you have parents that were addicts, things like that. Like, exactly. I was going to circle you back because when, when you're growing up and you know your friends' parents are addicted, you see that within their kids. You see yes. that they act differently. They... They were kind of taught to grow up a little bit faster. They had yes, to take care of definitely. themselves, whether or not they were alcoholics or drug addicts. Like it really was like, like you, like I mean, I saw that when I was a kid too. Is you just knew, you knew the, whose kids had the parents that were, you know, addicts, is because they were neglected. Like those kids were neglected, and they had to learn how to function on or their own. They were pat, or like, for instance, the cool part about me growing up when I was younger is I had a best friend that lived next door, and his parents were pretty messed up, you know, doing drugs. Mm -hmm. But luckily, he was passed on to his grandma. Yeah. So, you know, he his grandma raised him, and while she was raising him, I lived right next door, and I was being raised by my grandparents. So we were best friends for many years. We're no longer friends anymore, unfortunately. Um, you know, I kind of knew... At a certain point, we weren't going to be friends anymore, but that's fine. Sometimes but like happens, I said, yeah. but like I said, those relationships that you see that are out there, and that's like I said, now that was the, um, what we thought was like the worst of the you know party era, and then the party era people came in yeah. later. You're and then right before your generation, and then relationships. Now it just seems like it's a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling because I hear younger people out there, and they're just they don't give a shit. No. They're just cussing each other out. Like, it's like you stupid Yeah. You know, and it's like, you did this, and you, like, telling the world. It's a very. Because it's like, everybody's going to know anyway. Everyone's confrontational. Probably... Everybody's a lot more, like, just open, and uh, definitely has a lot to do with that. And the, the, like, the internet is because, like, that, like I said, is it literally is, it is, and kind of always, I think, will be a place to spill your guts. And that's honestly really bad and unhealthy. But it's like, unfortunately, like that's kind of the world that we're starting to live in. But, you know, as you know, there's good and there's bad to that, I think. And that's, I mean, obviously why we started the podcast is there's yes. there's good to spilling your guts because there's yeah. there's there is a value in um, hearing other people's opinion and their viewpoints on stuff like that. And it's like you can't you um, you, you know, being being how old you are and generation, stuff, seeing exactly. these these younger kids be a hell of a lot more confrontational, it is just so like it's a weird thing to take a step back and, away from to be like, wow, and, and, I was so secretive at that point and I did not say anything, but everybody is airing out everybody else's garbage all of the time. Yeah, and these relationships that they're doing this in are just pretty. Huh, well, there's something. Definitely yeah. something. I mean, and it ha and then they have kids, and I feel sorry for the child, not the parent. Yeah. Because you know, it comes down to literally morals and how everybody's, I think, raised. And as you can tell, you can see who are the children that are trying, the parents that are trying because they're in a relationship and they realize that they got to try. 
And then there's the parents that just just don't care. And I probably won't ever understand that in a relationship, but I guess it has a lot to do with the trauma you went through in the relationship. Yeah. Obviously. It's it's when you're in a relationship, you kind of have to um it's not that you're reliving your your past, you know, traumas with other relationship, but you certainly have to consistently unlearn and work through them. You know, it, it's it's based on the the relationships that you witnessed in your life and then the relationships that you were in beforehand this relationship that you're in now you have to unlearn all these behaviors that you were taught or behaviors that were traumatized with like like that traumatized you that you now repeat you know and so when you have um parents that are kind of going through that where they haven't unlearned all those behaviors and then they had a kid you can see that it is a hell of a lot more stressful like that is what my parents are are still going through actually like my my dad and his um his relationship they're gonna get married in october and i'm still super excited about it um it it is amazing to see the growth that my my dad has gone through to get to that level he still to, has a to, long to feel, way to go but he but he has unlearned he so, so many at behaviors least the, at least he learned the fact that i can move on because a lot of people hang on and then it causes very bad mental illness because then not only do you start dragging yourself down and self-esteem but then that's when you'll start to do horrible things and you drag or, your kids or, down or, or, or you'll drag your kids down with you and I think that's something that's very important too but well that'll probably be something for another podcast probably so probably we can for sure um, definitely do a trauma dump episode <laughs> later no uh, for sure of how we see the world and how we viewed it growing up yeah but let's uh, talk about ideals now we were talking yes. very seriously for for a hot minute there let's talk about ideals and see you know where where the conversation ends with with there because because i mean our relationships and like our, at least our love lives and stuff like that is very very different and the way that we would like to experience love is probably very different as well i i would love to get into that you want to yeah, go first well when it comes to ideal ideal relationship like I, I couldn't say that I'm not in my ideal relationship because, I mean, I'm very happy with who I'm with right now. Clearly. It's Definitely. been how many years? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's been at least 10, maybe more. I, have, I think it's 12. I'm not sure because I've been with this man so long that, like, time is he's been brightening my world and he's helped me understand me because you know he was the one that helped me you know go get help for mental illness and everything it's and then that's when i found out that i really did have some mental situations wrong with me yeah and and these are things that i didn't realize that i had so i never got diagnosed for it so now that i am diagnosed for it it's uh, a little different he's helped me come from you know nothing to being everything and having everything that I've ever wanted. And I mean, I do mean everything I've ever wanted. He's great lover. He's great person, great personality. Aww. Yeah, we hate each other sometimes, but that's part of being together for so long. But I have everything I've ever wanted. He bought me back literally almost every toy I owned as a child. 
how he's, how how <laughs> how much you want to bet he's gonna hear this later and he's gonna start like crying a little bit? <laughs> probably. You know, he's he's done everything he could to make me feel comfortable. I have my gaming setup. Like I have my own PS Five. I have my own Xbox Series X. I got my own but, my like, own that's PC. The thing, is, I have. Is... My, he bought me this setup so we could do the podcast. You know, he did everything for me because it's what makes me happy and it helps my mental illness. So, see, our relationship, my idealistic relationship, is the relationship I'm in. It's, it's, it's giving, it's, it's encouraging, it's trusting. It's, it's being it's, there, yeah, yeah and, and, and it's being there for them even when you tell them stupid shit like you'll never trust them ever again. And you realize that, you know, maybe... You, you maybe when you said that you never trust them, maybe you really do. Yeah, maybe and, even and, a little tiny part of you knows that you do. Yeah, and and obviously, if I I tell myself if I didn't, you know, why would I have everything that I have, and why does he continue to be around to make me happy? And when he could have said, you know, screw your bullshit and left a long time ago. And it's because he he knows, you know, like he is very um, I mean. I've known him for a little bit less long than I've known you, but I mean, you know, eh. yeah, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> but no, but uh, he really is a very intuitive person, and yes. I think that I think that the, that's probably a hundred percent a part of the reason that he's stuck around with you for so long. Is he just even if you've told him, I'm never gonna trust you because of my mental health, because of everything that's happened to me and all that kind of stuff, he still knows that there is that part. You know, and he doesn't need you to tell him that. He just knows, and he will—he's—he's there for you because he loves you, and he's gonna go the extra mile for you all the time. You know, because yeah, because you know exactly. that you do the exact same thing for him, and you are always so. 100%. Like when we think of the perspective of an ideal relationship, it honestly is up to the person and how they feel. It is a comfortable ideal for them. So that's why it's hard to say, oh, no, an ideal relationship is it has to be this way. If you you don't have this, you don't have a, they don't get you a house. They don't get you a car. (laughs) If they ain't paying your phone, no, you know, I I got spines. I got spines. No, no, it ain't like that. It is completely, completely subjective. It is completely subjective. And every person, depending on how you were raised. Oh, yeah. Is what you feel is an ideal relationship, yeah. honestly. And I don't know if I can answer that better than you can because I know your your younger I'm... generation, <laughs> your younger generation has is is different. It's got a lot it's, of different it's a lot things. of sensitive. It's it's also very sensitive. That's why we have disclaimers mm-hmm. because it, it can get you, your your generation is very much more sensitive compared to my generation. We're really hard feeling, you know. Uh, we, we could take in a lot before we, we decide, oh, dude, you know, that is messed up. We start crying. I, yeah. Where your generation, literally, we have disclaimers up because people are like, no, that makes me feel bad. It's, no, that hurts my feelings. I'm pretty no, that sure. Doesn't. I don't, I, okay. I saw a thing about this, uh, like, earlier. Don't like, say gay. No, no. Don't say. <laughs> oh, my God. No, okay. Don't there, call me a lesbian. <laughs> I'm not technically a lesbian. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I am a her, her, okay? <laughs> oh, my Lord. You know? So, okay, I saw a thing on this, and I and I, and I thought that this would be, this would be a very interesting for me to talk about, but I wonder, to me, um, 
the you know the whole sensitivity thing whether with my generation being you know like a lot of people say that our generation is very soft it's very like easy to easy to hurt things like that um and whereas the older generation is not as much i would actually argue that because within the last you know 10 or so 10 20 years there has been so much more attention put on valuing mental health and valuing like taking care of yourself because if you think about it that's the reason why the older generation could take so much before they started crying is because it was shunned if they reacted at all it was so secretive it was shunned and it was ashamed and you were you were the crybaby you were the person that was bad for reacting at all and i think that that is a completely like you like like i think that that is like basically the relationship somewhere along the way changed to the parent actually wanting the child to say hey you can feel what you want to feel exactly and 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 so a lot of people will get mad at the younger generation being like you can't handle anything actually we can handle about the same shit that you can and honestly we can probably handle it better because we'll react to it in the moment process it and move on we don't have to sit there and hold it all in until we punch a hole in a wall yeah you know what i mean like like it is it is one of those things and i and i do agree that there are a lot of people within the younger generation that are still learning to actually like you know as much as it's okay to process things it is it is more um valued to um it is more highly valued to you know react to it process it and move on and i think that a lot of people are still learning to actually move on and so they'll just keep reacting and they'll just keep being in that process mode where they're still very um emotional about that kind of a thing or whatever happened to them so it's like it's 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 a weird thing to think about you know when you get into it and so with the ideal relationship and um you know that's with that with the the idea that you know you can react to things in the moment and work through things in the moment or even you know take a step back or do literally anything like that that is what shapes i think the ideal relationship as well is whether or not you want a person that can take a lot before they break down or if you want a person that can react in the moment comfortably you know and it's like that that is that is exactly part of what shapes the ideal relationship is whether or not you want that person to um, like how differently uh, you want a person to react to things, you know, um, whether or not you want it to align with yours or otherwise. Because I think that like that, cause that that's what mine is. Is I would want somebody that doesn't react the same way that I do. Yeah, you know. And, and not only that, I've noticed that your generation, because of how you guys are raised, which is based on relationships altogether. This whole conversation, even though it sounds like we went off topic, we actually didn't. No. Because it's all depending on the relationship of your parents that are raising the kids that are coming out and changing these things. Because I have seen people that you would consider a negative person in the eyes view of us growing up now stepping forward and saying hey no let this person be them live your dreams do these things we were told that we had to do this (laughs) don't do this it's you know it's a hell of a lot more encouraging and it's encouraging for the like the positive things as far as like you know following your dreams you know labeling yourself however you want to label yourself or whatever just doing what you want to do with your life 
and it also encourages the negativity like as far as encouraging you know feeling your negative emotions feeling all that kind of stuff going to therapy you know what's weird is how is how much more normalized well not it's, it's not weird it's actually great it's a hell of a lot more normalized to go to therapy now than it is then or at least being well, open about well, going because to therapy. if you went to therapy when we were younger we were shunned on we were told what is wrong with you the first thing everybody says is what's wrong with you like there's like something you're wrong crazy? No, like you're yeah. crazy yes like so you hear voices you yeah. know what i mean it's yeah. one of those yeah. things yeah and even if you did you couldn't talk about it because you'd be put in a straitjacket and locked away they, they and because it didn't depend back then now you, you as a parent or as ourselves we could check ourselves in and check ourselves out during a certain time once the doctor says it's okay but back then if the Not state okay. if you got checked in and your parents just said do whatever the state checked you in so until they said you were mentally okay did you get put released back to the and then by then you're what you're almost like uh, I knew a lot of friends that were almost 17 18 years old by and the time he, they were released yeah and then they turn around and their parents treated them like like what do I do with him you know, like, if you're not out by, figure out your life, and if you're not out by 18, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, like, but you need to go. And and it was just like, and I used to tell them, why would your parents do that to you? Like, my grandfather never said I ever had to leave. When I left my home when I was younger, I left on my own free choice. Yeah. That was my own doing. That was me wanting to get out there to see the world and experience the world for myself. Because I needed to do that. Yeah. And and so I think that that's like, that really does contribute to the types of relationships that you seek, you know, is, is you seek that kind of, you know, you, you might seek freedom or you want somebody that will keep you grounded or things like that. Like getting into, let, like, you know, let's start with like my ideal relationship, you know, like I, I touched on it earlier, but I really do enjoy people that are different than me. Like. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that I that I had just gotten out of a, a longer relationship. It was almost about it was almost about two years, and um, it was my first long term relationship. And honestly, I would not, I do not regret that relationship at all. And that will be that will stay true for the rest of my life. I will always value the the time that we had spent together because of how happy I was. You know, like there were obviously a lot of things that were very destructive and I was we were mutually very destructive but the times that we were happy and the times that 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 defined why we got together and all that stuff were because of how different we were we enjoyed each other's perspectives we enjoyed working in harmony despite our differences that was something that that helped the both of us work through a bunch of different things um, mentally because we had the the gall to just be with somebody that didn't think like us, that could call us out, that could fully, you know, accept that, that, you know, we're different from each other, you know, and, and that we could still love each other and still be fully, you know, vulnerable with each other, things like that. It, it really, um, like, I don't know if I would seek that now, but that is something that I find in my, you know, um, like, when I really do think about what I'm looking for in a relationship, I need somebody to challenge me. 
I need, I need to know that I'm not always right all the time. Because, like, that's something that I get really nervous about is sounding way too pretentious. It's just sounding pretentious, sounding like I'm talking out of my ass, like I'm on a soapbox, and I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I get no, so fucking worried about that. I think as a younger generation, you guys tend to do that. And I, I've gotten used to it after working at the CV and working with a lot of younger people. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten used to your guys' yeah. way of thinking and how you guys think. And I think that's why it, the only another reason why it makes me a good manager is because I communicate I adapt very quickly and then I understand oh okay so we're allowed to talk like this we're allowed to be like this but we can't say this we can't do this we can't do this we mm-hmm. can't do this and we definitely always follow the rules as far as we go you and, know? and you find a way to communicate effectively with people that just grow up that way yeah, where, where exactly. you know so, so that's that's what I mean is I is I really really value people that can challenge me that that like that can tell me that's not really what I think. You know, I don't know if you're wrong, but I certainly don't think that way. And I'm like, okay, tell me what, tell me what you think, genuinely, because, yeah. because I'm, you know, I, I do know a lot, D- despite my lack of experience. I've done a hell of a lot of research, and I've also witnessed so much, you know, and and it really does like it. It gets into so much of, um, you know, it can get it can really easily sound very pretentious and sound like I'm on a soapbox, you know, and so it's. It's crazy to think about that, um, but that that is what I value is is a person that can offer a different perspective that can keep me um, not necessarily on my toes, but I certainly want somebody to to tell me when they think differently. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, rounding up the relationship part, since we do got to get into our coming out stories and we got to get into. Uh, cheaters and all of that and I can honestly rebound I mean I do I do I have fell into that category once so I I do know a little bit about that so we're gonna get right into that but we're gonna have a quick break so you can press pause you can do whatever you're gonna do you know go do the dishes go do your chores go watch TV come back later or whatever and <laughs> You know, go to the restroom, whatever, and you come back and you can, we'll finish and we're going to jump right into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering who should we, we should do first. I mean, we got to do someone's coming out story first, but who? Um, I'll start with mine, you know? Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That would be good because for the younger generation, for a lot of the people out there right now, I think that yours is a little more inspiring than mine is. <laughs> I don't know if you've <laughs> even so- heard the full one of mine. Yeah, but still, it, it's still inspiring, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. All righty. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you guys got your snacks or whatever you're doing. We're back into it. Yes. <laughs> so, let's start with your coming out story, because I'm pretty sure it's more interesting than mine. Well, I wouldn't say it's not interesting, per se, that you are going through like me i was just like oh i had to tell people i was gay mm-hmm. and i'll get more into that later but yeah. yours is like i have to it's always i have to constantly say it to people that yeah know you me. have to yeah. explain the situation and and how you're transgender yeah so i am transgender i identify as non-binary and i use he him pronouns um i don't and that's something i've only been out for um 
about like um, it'll be uh, actually two years this December, um, and it it was a weird uh, journey for me to go through after I came out. Actually, is figuring out how I'm gonna end up telling people every time because um, people can never fully tell, but there are signs. <laughs> You know, like if you're a cisgender person or and or you are gay yourself and you're walking around the world and you know a lot of people that are trans or whatever, you sort of see people that you think might be and it's a, there's a lot of little signs. Like to me, I often um, I often uh, uh, perform my own masculinity when I first meet somebody. Um, I am on testosterone, but it's only been like three months, uh, so my voice has changed quite a bit. But for some reason, in front of new people, I still am often, like, really low like this. Like, I get really, really low. <laughs> like, because I want to, like, I have to, you know, perform that. But um, I honestly really don't have to. And that's been a thing that I've been trying to work through is that I really don't owe anybody that kind of a, a thing when I, you know. Um, yeah, so if it's, like, not too much for you and not a non-trauma mm -hmm. Let's go back to the beginning where you were. Let's go back to the beginning. Like let's, when I first realized? Yeah, where you first realized, you know, at this time mm -hmm. you were identified as yeah. a female. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so I, um, I actually didn't even think that being non binary was an option. I didn't know about that kind of a thing. Even with the internet that I had access to, I just, I didn't know. And anytime I ever heard about anything other than, um, you know, being transgender in a, like, I guess binary sense where you're going from male to female, female or female to male, like, I've only or ever heard those kinds of um, things. And anytime that anything was brought up outside of that, it was kind of um, shunned. And so, you know, I didn't know that was an option. So when I was a really young kid, I actually first came out as bisexual in, like, when I was 12 years old. Um, I didn't tell my mom for a couple of years, a until a couple of years after that, but I remember being 12 years old and just telling my little, my little sister, I was like, hey, um, I like guys and girls. And she was like, why do I need to know that? And I was like, I don't know, I just figured you should know. And she was like, okay, still love you. And I said, okay. And that was like the end of that conversation, you know, but it wasn't until I was um, in a, well, this is a, this kind of falls in line with a few trans people's um, coming out story or realizing when they came out. But in middle school, when you start going through puberty and your body starts growing in a way that is not aligned with your like mental image of yourself, your um, like the way that you want to grow up and be seen as it it creates a lot of like discomfort um and it was a thing that um i didn't experience the the male puberty but one could also argue that i didn't experience the female puberty either i was very late to starting like my period or for like like breast tissue to to start growing or anything like that like i was very late to that kind of a thing and i also didn't experience like the acne at all I really like didn't experience either one and when I did end up experiencing the female puberty I hated it so much more than my peers did just because of being trans so I kind of in middle school just sort of felt out of place like very I was comfortable I was very uncomfortable I was I um 
you know, this had to do with my, um, I, I, you know, I would blame it on my, my view of relationships and all that stuff. Like I, like I was speaking on earlier, but I had a huge fear of intimacy, like huge commitment issues, huge, um, you know, intimacy issues where nobody could ever see me ever. I was always covered up. I was always very, very, um, like I, I hated my body. And my birthday is in like the summertime. So when I was a kid and like going to the pool or going to the beach was a thing, I made it a point to get like, you know, swimsuits that were one piece that were like the tank tops and the shorts. Like I was very like, I don't want people to see my body. Like I just, I hated that. And, and then the idea that I could go and get a boyfriend and then start like doing things. I hated that idea because I never wanted any person to look at me at all it just felt like they'd be looking at a lie but i didn't know why i didn't get it but i would blame it on like you know not being able to trust people due to witnessing these horrible relationships i would blame it on the fact that i started later on than everybody else so it just didn't it wasn't quite right or wouldn't align with what the boys of my age or, or whatever would see it just like i felt so deeply insecure and for a very very long time i just didn't know why and um, at that time, there was only one person in my life that I knew was transgender. And, um, you know, he's, I honestly, I wish that I still talked to him, but w when I um, moved to where I live now in the middle of my sophomore year, I had to cut off every person that I knew beforehand. It was a really tough time for me because a lot of people were very mean to me. He was one of the good ones, but if I had continued my relationship with him, it would have been worse on me and my healing from, you know, you know, working with um, what I was dealing with there with all the actual toxic people. Because he was friends with a bunch of them, and it was unfortunate. But he really was uh, part of the, you know, my experience of, 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 you know, knowing people that were trans, knowing people that were not, you know, people that were LGBTQ, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. People within your community where you did feel comfortable exactly and and so so um, I didn't even learn about being non-binary from him I literally learned after um, I, I honestly I was just a very passionate like ally for the longest time I would get so upset whenever somebody misgendered a trans friend that I knew after that one friend I would be very upset I'd be very defensive I'd be so like outright I would be advocating for my friends for my parents for their parents i was very very passionate and i didn't have a full answer why i would just sort of be like yeah they're my friend you know but it's like that was a part of the reason but i was so um angry at myself for so long that i did not even think that that was a possibility for me yeah and i know to this day as an older person within still within the lgbt community I still respect you guys and, and everything, and I'm proud of you guys for what you guys are doing and being yourselves, but for us, it's still, there's days where I catch myself and I'm going, oh, I accidentally called him or her, Yeah. and, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, either I'll say it out loud or I'll just try to act like I never said it, and, I, and then I'll go back really quick and I said, I mean he. You know, I mean, you. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Yeah. You know, him. Yeah. And then, you know, and I try to change that because I think for us, it's harder because 
we're still stuck in how we thought. And it was very hard. I remember when I first heard that you were trans. Mm -hmm. And I literally remember not walking up to you at first and asking. But I do remember we did have a deep like trauma dump conversation and we and and we were talking and i literally told you remember i think i believe i told you i'm dumb i need you to explain this to me yeah why exactly how this works and i if you don't want to i understand but i just want to respect you for who you are yeah and i need to know who you are so can you please explain to me how this works? Because I don't understand. Yeah. My brain cannot perceive. I'm ignorant right now. <laughs> I need you to teach Tell me. Tell me because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, teach and... me the right thing because I'm ignorant. Right. And when a person is ignorant, that's when they're, they'll be the one to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to call him, him, him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start calling them by their real name. Yeah. By their, by their real name, name quote their, unquote. Their, yeah, real name, government name, yeah. whatever you guys, <laughs> yeah. uh, legal name, whatever you guys yeah, would yeah. like to call it, your capital name, I don't right, know. Right, whatever. Whatever you guys would like to call it. And, it, it, they, and, and it's just not okay. It really isn't. No. If you guys don't identify with that, then you guys do not identify with that. Yeah. You have a right to have your guys' name. It's the you end. Know? It's the, like, at, in the end, it is solely based on, like, the person. It's not, yeah. a, it, like, who they are and their relationship with, say, the government, you know, what the name is on there, what the gender marker is on there. That does not fucking matter. If a person tells you that they are who they are and you don't quite get it, you can absolutely ask questions about it, but figure it out and and respect them as best as you possibly can. And when you came to me and you were like, hey, I'm really not, like, I'm, I don't know a lot about this stuff. Can you explain some things to me? I was very glad to tell you because there is so much online that, like, you can be misconstrued so quickly. Oh, yeah. And it is so much easier to just straight up go to the trans person you know to be like, hey, how can I best support you? How and, can I best help but, you? But you know? let, let's also remember to the people out there who are listening, be very respectful when asking. Because there are some who don't want to talk about their story. Oh, absolutely. And, and you have to respect that. Yeah. No, for that you sure. have to respect their boundaries. So if you guys are gonna do that, we like he said, definitely go to your trans friend if you can talk to them like that. Yeah. But if you feel like you know you just want to talk to one to figure it out, please be very respectful to them. Because, because it really is a personal subject. Yes. Like as much as you know, a lot of you know people that aren't transgender people that are cisgender, they are a lot of times they'll get it misconstrued. It is a very personal topic as much as it does have to do with the way they interact with the rest of the world. Yes, definitely. Because, because obviously, like, it, obviously it's a personal subject because it has to do with the central part of my identity. But it is not my job to completely, you know, um, like, it's not my job and it's not your business for me to give you the entire rundown of ev- the surgeries I'm going to do to my body, whether or not I've had any surgeries done to my body, yeah, exactly. whether or not I'm going to go on hormones, whether or not yeah, I'm going to exactly. change my name at all, you know, if I've had any other name changes, or even what is your real name, quote unquote. It's like, none of that is your is anybody's business. If, if that person doesn't want to talk about it, they really don't have to. And it's it could because it is a personal thing, exactly. You know, because um, 
and that, always should be respected always should be respected yeah and and whenever um people come to people and say hey i'm trans please use these pronouns in this name for me a lot of people that don't get it will say that they're forcing that kind of a thing on them but it's not that it's forcing it's just that that's the way it is that's who they are that's who to me, they are that is them to me you're basically asking they're you're basically asking them not to be themselves if you if you choose to not want to call them that because imagine and going from it's very uncomfortable imagine you you're working with somebody that that goes by ms uh nesbitt all right and then they get yes, married <laughs> but and then they get married so now they are mrs uh helicopter you call them mrs helicopter now that's just how that works yeah that's just how that works even if the name hasn't been changed within the government system yet they're they they're just now mrs fucking helicopter you know and and like my my friend that I work with literally can't afford to get her name changed legally yet. She's been married for like over five years. Has like two kids working on the third one. Like, um, like we're working on the third one, and I will always call her Mrs. Irby. You know, I will never. I like like if I ever refer to her other than her actual name. Like like as far as her first name goes. But like she will never have the name that she had before to me because I I have never known her like with when I met her she was already married to him you know so like there will never be a time that I will find use in saying her maiden name and that's literally like if you translate that to being a transgender person if you at all know a person's you know dead name legal name whatever label I don't off I often don't say dead name I often just say legal name because it's not that the name is dead to me at all it just is it, that I don't use it anymore yeah I just yeah. don't you know and so I it's, it's my legal of, name until it's I change kind of like it, you when know? you legally change your name you don't want to be called the original name that you no, were given it's, it's you don't want to be called yeah. that like I, you know, and, and I understand that I understand that so much because growing up not knowing my dad and I was named after him I kind of wanted to change my name so many times throughout my life like if i just did this if i just did this pay off all your bills basically you gotta have zero record and you know have no credit debt and if i figured oh dude if i could do all this i'll just change my name but then again it makes you who you are as a person sometimes but, but for you guys the it name doesn't. has it to doesn't. be redefined yes. that's why you it has change to be the redefined name. and change because if it's not it's not who you, it's not you exactly it's not you so so getting back to my coming out i didn't even you know realize that maybe i was transgender until literally like a like a few years ago because i didn't come out for another you know two years or something but it was like it was because i called this there's this helpline it's called the trevor project i don't know if you've ever heard of it but it's it's this uh helpline kind of like the suicide hotline well and it's for ahead. lgbt people and I called yeah. it, and I was talking about, you know, like, my, the way that I see my gender, and I was wondering, like, like if there was a, a term for it, because all of a sudden, it just had broken out for me, and I was so upset with just the way that my body was, and the way that I grew up, and the way that people were referring to me, and all these kinds of things, and it just, it hit me all at once, oh my god, I might be trans, you know? And I called them, and they were like, have you ever considered that you might be non-binary? And then I 
was so, like, it, it, again, hit me like a ton of bricks, and I hung up the phone. I, like, I, I flat out avoided my transition for so long because I didn't want it to be true. Not because I, I don't like trans people, but because I didn't like myself, you know? And I didn't like the idea that I would have to go through a self, like, more than one self-love journey, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, when I finally came out and stuff like that, it really, um, it really, really was amazing to, you know, talk to that counselor. If, if you don't know, the, the Trevor Project is this, um, it's this helpline for LGBTQ young people. Um, there is a free, like, chat system online if you don't want to talk, but the calling number is one 488 seven three eight six and if you want to like text them it would be a uh, six seven eight or yeah six seven eight six seven eight it really is a great number to like to call to text to just to talk with people because it it chances are is the council that you're talked to will also be lgbtq they will understand your experience of being you know shunned being the outlier um having to deal with unaccepting parents things like that it really is a great system um and it's um yeah, and if you go yeah. on the internet, you could obviously just go to www.trevorproject.com, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. And I think that if you guys really need that, that's why I wanted him to include all this information. <laughs> because I think that if we could help a few people that are just listening to us, you know, at least try to understand who they are as a person seriously, then maybe you know, they can be more comfortable with who Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. Because the, the, you want everyone to be as comfortable with themselves as possible. Yeah. Because not everybody has the same experiences as, you know, you have. Yeah. As coming out. Like, mine is a little different. Mine was a little more uh, violent. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if you're ready, I'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean... I, I, but when I finally did end up coming out, it was, my, my mom still doesn't quite like it. My dad has rejected it. It wasn't really like a, a you know, it probably was not as violent as yours. It, it's, um, still kind of up for debate, I guess, with my parents, whether or not they want to use it with me, but it really was a, a crazy time for me is there were so many years that I just repressed it. And then there were years on when I learned the word and just rejected that idea because I didn't want to even yeah. open that can of worms yeah. of trying to love myself, you know? Yeah, or try to be in a situation where you felt like, you know, you weren't supposed to be there. Exactly. You know, like, oh, am I? Am I not? Right. Am I? Am I? What if I'm not? Right, and then, right. You know, and then I start the processing, and, and then I regret it. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, there was, all, I, I noticed there was a lot of that in the beginning when we first, when you first started, when you told me, well, I'm doing the treatment now. Yeah. And I was just like, well, that's good for you, you know? And you're like, but what if it's not? What and if I'm, it's not? Yeah, and I'm like. Okay, well, when and then I remember telling you, you know, when you start to feel uncomfortable with what's going on or what you're feeling, then, you know, just, you know, let your doctors know. Yeah. Let your doctors know everything. I know it's embarrassing, but if you feel anything or you know anything, just go straight to them and tell them, hey, this is how it's making me feel. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going through. Is this normal? Is this not normal? Yeah. Because it's more than likely they'll, they'll tell you, hey, 
don't worry about it. It's normal. Right. This is the 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 signs or whatever. Exactly. You know? And then also, if you realize that you might not be trans, it, like during your hormonal transition and all that kind of stuff, you can absolutely take yourself off of that medication. You don't have to go through with it. As much as people will try to tell, you know, young trans kids, it's permanent. You can't get rid of it. You're always gonna whatever you know, all that kind of stuff. All that only really applies to the surgeries but think about it those surgeries are so expensive even if insurance covers a portion of it yeah definitely. by the time that you get that kind of money to to do the surgeries chances are you are absolutely a trans person but i have my plan with my you know uh with my doctors for just the hormones completely for free it is free for me to take to take my hormones I can take myself off of it anytime I want. And I know that those effects will go away. You know? Yeah. Like, it really will start to go away as, you're, as your body balances itself out all over again. And I think that a lot of people get in their heads about it because people will, you know, repeatedly tell them, it's permanent, it's never gonna, you know, you'll never go back to being truly who you were before, and da-da-da-da. And it's like, technically no, because you'll have the experience of knowing that your voice dropped a lot or you grew a lot more body hair or things like that. Is is, And not yeah. only that, sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you're gonna go back to that, and it's like, well, that's usually only also if you have surgeries done. Yeah. But then usually if you're gonna get the surgery done, you're going all the way. There is no, there oh, is I made a mistake. No, you're going all the way. You're and going all the way. The and you're, and people... I'm proud of them as well for doing that step because that's, an, that's another huge step. I've heard many stories you know, through like TikTok and online, yeah, uh, and even YouTube, where people are talking about that, and they're like, for many days, I, I stood while I tried to urinate, and it's like, and it's like I had to remember I don't have that, that that the you know genitalia. organ, yeah. the genitalia or the organ anymore. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you know, but but that's because your brain is still it's trying a muscle to, memory. It, it's thing. a muscle memory, so you're trying to remember everything, and you know, and for people like that, that's why I said, you know, I'm proud of them as well, because they're taking a huge step in their lives to becoming who they really are, and you know, you're going your route to become who you really are. Yeah. So it, I think in the end, people should just let people be who they are. Yeah. And, you know, let them live their lives. They, yeah. Trust me, you don't have to live it, so why, why care about it? Exactly. You know? Like, often I don't talk about, you know, being non-binary with people that I, you know, first meet or whatever, or people that, you know, I know are uh, cisgender or whatever. And for those who don't understand, it's, I, I had to do this with a friend of ours before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Explain what non-binary is, just in case for those who don't <laughs> so, understand. Okay, so think about the color spectrum. Red is the color opposite violet. Everything else in between, in between is on the color spectrum. Now think about that with gender. Man is opposite woman in the gender spectrum. You can be literally anywhere on that spectrum. Anywhere you want to be. That's crazy. And you want to know why? It's because gender is literally a, a social construct built by humans themselves, just the same way that countries, the same way that money, the same way that language is a social construct. It is the way that humans interact with each other. And for those in layman terms, what he's trying to say is, is basically, 
you don't agree with who you were born as. It's that's a part of being underneath the transgender yes. umbrella. And um, being non-binary, uh, a lot of people define it in their own way. To me, it just means that I don't identify within the binary of man or woman. I will sometimes say that I am a non-binary man, which is a, a lot of times a lot of people think that that's an antithesis, but that's pretty much the reason why I use he and him pronouns, preferring to be referred to as a guy, things like that, is, is just because I see myself as a man that doesn't, uh, align with what the binary rules of a man are supposed to be. You know, if that means that I have to have a penis, if I have to have a flat chest, things like that. Like, I don't even really know what surgeries I want to get because I don't feel like I need them to affirm my gender. I already know that I don't identify with either man or woman. And it just, I exist within both and sometimes neither. And it's not necessarily a fluid thing either i'm just kind of simultaneously a man and a not and yeah. it's just it just that's how i that's how i see my gender but a lot of people that use like more gender neutral pronouns prefer to be referred to as completely neutral those people also are completely valid as a non-binary person you know and they'll use other you know labels like a lot of people that identify the way that i do Sometimes they won't say non-binary man. Sometimes they'll say things like demi boy, and that there's an opposite version where it's demi girl. But I don't, I don't really align with it, and so I don't use it, you know. And I think that the the thing with labels is it can be a little bit restricting sometimes, as well as freeing. And so you know, I, you know, people just can live their life how they want to, and and so um, I think that within the gender, um, the gender binary, the gender spectrum. If red is on the left and violet is on the right, I am not all the way left. It's like um, it's like I'm going northwest. I'm not true north. I'm just going northwest. You know, I'm like around north, but not really. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I, but not I'm really. Ki I'm kind of, but not really. I'm, I'm kind of just like. I'm a boy okay. in the way that a boat is a girl. You kind of get it, and you go with it. Yes. You know. Definitely. Like, or a car, or whatever you... you because you know how everything is referred to as a girl? Oh yeah, yes. she can take me everywhere. She yes. can do this, she can do that. And yes. it's like, and it's like, Definitely. okay, but that makes no sense. There's obviously no vagina on that boat. But, okay, I get it. I'll call it a girl. That's yeah. that's what that's what I am, but it's the opposite. It's with boy, you know? <laughs> that's literally, that's that's me, you know? Yes. Um, and I don't talk about that a lot because it can be pretty, like, controversial now, you know? A lot of people will be like, okay, well, why aren't you just a trans man, man then? Like, why aren't you just a full binary trans man? No, it's because, because I don't identify as a man fully, you know? I'm just a very masculine person, you know? Like, <laughs> I, my personality is obviously very flamboyant, and a lot of people describe it as feminine. But it's like, I align a, a lot more masculinely, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why I was like, uh, did I just say to come out and do these things because, because you having fun? Yeah, I'm having fun. No, I'm just saying because like I had that distraction for a moment and then I kind of yeah. Sorry about that like noise a second ago. He was smashing a bug. Yeah, I don't even know where the bug went. I think it fell. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, but no, it's definitely important to like address all of that because 
a lot, like I said, a lot of people will be like, well, if they're talking about non-binary, does it mean this? Does it mean that? And it was the same as another coworker when I had to ask them, what is asexual? Mm. Because I, I didn't understand what they were trying to say. Yeah. Because, you know, when you hear these new pronouns that are brought out there. Or even and, or, new terms, or, or new terms new and labels and everything else. It's kind of hard to sit there and go, oh, okay. Because I remember when it was just, you were gay or lesbian, you know, yeah. during my time, bisexual it was, it wasn't was, even in your yeah, book. Bisexual was there too. But like most guys that were like bisexual would be like, Oh, you know, I'm homoflexible basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were, they were different. Cause when, like I said, it wasn't until the early two thousands, I even started hearing about new sexuals. Like, cause mm. I knew of, lesbians and homosexuals but then that's when i barely learned oh there's bisexuals and then there was pansexuals Mm -hmm. and there was freaking metrosexuals yeah and i was just like what is all this because when i was in culinary school i remember there was somebody who was metrosexual Mm. and i like was so afraid to ask him and i asked another gay student like I understand you're gay. I understand, you know, the terms and everything of what's going on. So what is this? And then he was just kind of like, oh, well, that's just, and then, you know, that's just a straight man who likes to wear makeup and look pretty. Yeah, it's like a feminine, Like a feminine look. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay." It's an interesting label to have. You know, but for sure. For me, not being gay at the time or coming out as gay at the time. Yeah, not identifying that way. And not identifying that way, I was just kind of like, why? Yeah, and that's what a lot of people. Like, my my dad and I recently had this conversation. I know I've been talking about my dad a lot in this podcast. I'll talk about my mom eventually, too. But um, my, my dad was, you know, he was asking me a lot of questions. He's like, you know, why are there so many labels that often mean the same thing? I don't know, Dad. Why are there a lot of words that mean the exact same thing? It's just a part of the human experience. It's a, it's a part of the way that different people define their existence, their experience. It, it, it just is a different way of seeing it. And even if the label is similar to one or not to another or whatever, there's still a reason that that label ex- exists. It means that that person is more comfortable. They're just more comfortable. And I don't have a problem with that, you know? There are so many different ways to label yourself. And, and I think that, you know, uh, labels like asexual are very interesting to, to get into because there are people that experience that, you know? And that within itself, that label has its own uh, spectrum, you know? The same way that yeah. bisexual has a spectrum, whether or not there's preferences between you know, man, woman, or non-binary people, yeah, or like, like things I, like that. It's the same as, like I said before, I don't know if I've ever talked about it with you, but I remember hearing guys say, oh, I'm bisexual, but, you know, I don't say dick. Yeah. And it's like, so, and it's like, and it's like, but, okay. So and attracted, occasionally, yeah. you know, I'll bottom, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, but if you're bottoming and you're sucking dick, ain't you gay? And it's but like, it's like no, but no, you're also because, to women. because I have a wife mm-hmm. or I have a girlfriend or I, you know, I'm in an open relationship with these people or, you know, even what we're going to get into in a little bit and I'm cheating on them. Right. And, you know, not trying to be unsensitive, 
to our viewers mm-hmm. and the people who are listening to us. Mm-hmm. But if you're cheating and you know you're cheating on your wife, you should be honest with them. But if you're not, that's not my problem. I just want to be out there because I won't say that I haven't done things with a married person before. But I'm just saying, it's their problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't bring it to me. And, you know, that's why you have all the dating apps that we have and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's like I said before, you know, it's one of those things where... It depends on how they feel about how they, what is bisexuality. Yeah. Or what is, you know, gay or what is, you know, whatever. Because all of those labels are being redefined all the time, even if they're not even being redefined by new words. It's just because that's how that person defines their experience, their, hu- their human experience. And, and so there's a lot of different things to get into. And it, again, like just like we were talking about with your ideal relationships, your identity and your sexuality or all that kind of thing completely subjective because it is your perspective on the world and your experience of and, everybody else and how you were raised to look at the world through all other your parents' relationships grandparents' relationships and their parents' relationships and so on absolutely absolutely and it is so important that people realize that is that it does not matter how many labels there are. It just matters that if they're using them, that means that they're happy. They and they're found respected. a label that yes. they feel respected by. They feel they have a label that they that they use that makes them respect themselves more. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a way to to love yourself. It's a way to care for yourself to to define you to give a label. And there's a lot of people that don't use labels and and to be honest right now i'm i am unlabeled as far as sexuality goes because i don't know a lot you know i thought i knew when i was 12 but to be honest i don't know if i know anymore you know and that's fine because that's just the human experience so i've gone from you know using the term bisexual since i was like 12 years old to about now not using any labels uh, for my sexuality. If I'm attracted to you, I'm attracted to you, and I'll let you know that. That's that's yeah. how I am. Yeah, and, exactly. And there's a lot of people like that, and those people are also completely valid. Not even because, like, oh, they're using it because they don't know anything about themselves, but because that's just their human experience. They exactly. don't feel the need to use a label to, you know, whatever. They just feel the need to let people know when they're attracted to them, you yes. know? They don't need to do that, and that's still valid. You know? Yes, and I know we took a long time when we were going to talk about my story. Yes. But we did take a long time on yours because I need people to understand because for you guys, it's a whole other story. It's, it's a different situation. Like I said, it's one thing to come out to your family or your parents and say, hey, I'm just gay. But to say you're transgender, some parents, they get very upset and kick their kids out. They don't, they're like, what do you mean you're not this? You are this. I raised you as this. And you're going to be, and it's it's very hurtful. It is. Because you guys go through so much in your lives to be who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the same as drag queens and so on. You know, they go through so much in their lives. Because all they want to do is wear a dress and wear some high heels and some makeup and, and you know, and, and be that person. Yeah. But they can't because they weren't born that person. And so their parents 
or other people judge who they are, but technically they're just another human being on this planet. And, and we shouldn't yeah. care about what they want to be. You know, let them be them. Yeah. That's who they were born to be. If they weren't born this way, you know, a lot of people sit there and throw around, you know, the Bibles and the gods and all of this stuff. But honestly, you were made how you were made to be. Yeah. And I, it took me a very long time because my family was, you know, I've talked about it before. I think they were like Catholics or something for yeah. a while. Or, you know, I think they, they identified were Catholics. with Catholic, Christianity, Christ, like Catholic Catholicism, uh, things like that. Yeah. So it was like, it's a sin. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. So me even coming out as gay was hard. And I didn't tell my parents. I no. never told I never told them. To the day my grandfather, my, my dad, he knew. I told my dad. And I'm pretty sure my father, I told him. But I never told my grandfather. You know? And I just stayed away. Because yeah. I respected his boundaries of... I was raised a male. I'm supposed to be with a female. I respected that. Yeah. So, and I was honestly with a female. So I do respect. Yeah. I do understand both sides of the story. Absolutely. So, as I said before, I was raised by my grandparents, and I based my relationship off of theirs. Yeah. So. So the ideal was. So the ideal was go out, find a woman, get married. It starts have with children. Women. Yes. And I was seeing, you know, and I have to say this because people have to know, I was married to a woman and I was seeing my ex-wife and, you know, we had our issues. And it, the, the, the thing about being a teenager is, is we don't listen to like we what our parents say. We kind of do what our friends ask us to do or what they say the ideal should be mm -hmm. in a relationship because which, the is, peers. which is funny because the peers pay a big game when you're in high school oh if you're doing this with your girlfriend dude you can't let her talk to you like that you can't let her do you know and and there's a lot of that and there's a lot of oh you know well for instance let me explain to you the 90s and how i did it i had friends that were hit it and quit it mm -hmm. And, you know, and then there was the type that were like, oh, that was just last night. And then there was also, you know, the type that was like, no, we're in a relationship together, but we just don't see each other all the time. Not distant, just we go to the same school, just, and we meet up, but it's, now we call them hookups. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're fuck buddies is what then, they are. Yeah. yeah. But back then we didn't say that. No. We, we just call them friends, you know, or, you know, and friends that we hook up with every once in a while, or, you know, just like I said, just regular friends. So back then, you know, there was all of that. And you listen to what your peers said and you ran with what your peers said. So when I was younger, you know, I fell in love with somebody in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, I dated him for a while. I ended up getting kicked out of the same high school because... Well, not only were my grades bad, but, like, we'll get into another story one day about gangs and <sighs> violence and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and my story, my actual story growing up from my perspective. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of things going on, and I ended up getting kicked out of high school, and I got sent to an alternative school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So I knew the girl before I left my alternative school. We were in the same computer class. Well, it was for me because of the way I was taught. You had to be with a woman. I did kind of think about like certain people. Like I had a best friend that like I really liked, <laughs> but I never said I liked him. But in I your just, head, you were just like, head, I really like him. Look like, at him like with his so hair. Cool. And yeah. when he got a girlfriend, I'm not going to lie, in high school, when he got a girlfriend, I got very jealous. Oh. I got very upset. Yeah. Like, like, but for me, I thought it was, oh, they're taking my friend away because we hang out all the time together. But but, but now, but now hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, you and, know that you're gay, and you're like, wow, my and, gay and, little brain and, was and jealous. Unfortunately, <laughs> this person, if he ever listened to my podcast, he knows who he is. Hello. <laughs> Love you. Still. <laughs> you're still my bestie, no matter what. Okay, up. anyway. But, like, he would invite me over to his house. He was actually more interested, I heard, when we did talk later on as adults, he did say he was more interested in me, but now he's not. He's straight. And I respect that. Yeah, because it's, I mean, I respect you. You were finding who you were, you know. It's experimenting, and, and, actually, yeah, and it's, and you know. You're finding out. And I respect that, or he's bi or something, and I respect that. Yeah. So that's on him. But anyway. Yeah getting back into the story so uh you know i went throughout high school and i had a lot of people that i asked out but they were like you know i'm lesbian or i'm 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 not trying to see nobody and a lot of these girls you know i wish they were dead fully honest but then again it probably would have been really cool to tell somebody hey i just don't like you mm -hmm. but it's <laughs> one know, of those things so you know? i saw this girl in computer class i fell in love with her and i liked everything about her she was, you know, my ex was, uh, she was very smart. Mm. She was like, and, and her personality was so different back then from when, of course, you know, after being years together and a bunch of things, drama Went that down. happened. Yeah. <clears throat> you kind of sit there and ask, you know, questions about your life. Could you have like seen that. it before it happened? Could uh, you have you, you all that changed kind of something? Yeah, maybe. But you know, so we're in high school. I fell in love with her. I got transferred to another school, and I started going to that school. Well, eventually, she started going to the same school because she just needed to make up on a couple of credits. I, I honestly felt like she went there because of me. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be there to to be with me. And I, my parents never let me talk outside of school, so oh, you couldn't okay. go hang out with me. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't hang out with girls. There was n no way mm -mm. my parents would let me hang out with girls, yet alone guys. I wasn't even allowed to stay nights at my friend's house unless he was right next door, which I had my best friend right next door. And right. I was allowed to stay at his house. But other than that, no one else. Mm -hmm. I was not allowed to go nowhere. So she so, found a way to, to be with you somehow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were still dating. Mm -hmm. And, well... My parents went out of town. Since they're gone, I can say this shit. My parents went out of town <laughs> oh <laughs> since they God. passed away. God rest their soul. My parents went out of town and we partied. Okay? Oh, no. When my parents went out of town, we would throw the wackiest hangouts ever. Mm -hmm. Well, this night, my sister and my best friend are like, bro, you're a bitch. Like. I don't know why they thought that. They were like, you know, we know you like this girl. We know everything. You're dating her. And I'm like, yeah, I'm dating her, but we're not like that. 
and they're like, no, you know, you need to get laid. Like, you got, you're a bitch. Like, you're a crybaby. Mm-hmm. You fucking act like this. And you, like I said, the perspective of how you're supposed to act like a boy, I was not acting that way for them. Yeah. So they were like, you know, back then it was okay to do this. Yeah, your friends would get you laid if you weren't a true man. Quotation. Right. But then... <laughs> but then... If you didn't fit their definition of man, it's because you weren't you weren't getting laid, and it's yeah, because yeah. you were less of a man yeah. for not being laid which, or having a girlfriend, exactly, or something. So basically, they're like, invite her to this party, invite her to this party, invite her to this party. I didn't want to invite her. I felt like it was disrespectful for one, and secondly, you're like setting me up to have sex, and I don't feel comfortable with this. And that, but yeah. the weird part was. For some reason, at the end of the night, we actually did find the moment. Yeah. And we did have that moment. And for some reason, we agreed, like, okay, we're going to start this relationship. Okay. And I loved her even more. After we, we, we made love, I loved her even more. So that moment and that experience was so good that even though you identify as gay... And you probably, and you definitely probably, if you had like expanded on that in your head, you probably would have identified as gay at the same time. It it solidified every ideal that you had, set, that you had set for yourself, that your parents had set for you, all that kind of thing. Yes. Because that was a really good experience, and you just you felt the need to continue that. You know, I felt like in a way it sounds stupid, but I felt like I made everyone around me proud. Yes. So now. I'm going to do this. And I stayed in a relationship with her. But the downside was this. Bad advice from bad friends. As a teenager, you will get these. And please do not listen to your friends. But the advice was this. I shouldn't talk to her for a week after I made love with her. Because it would make her think I was needy. What? It would make her think that I'm jockeying her, her panty strap. Huh? Or her bra strap, what we used to say when we were younger. Huh? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm... Yes. No. Yes. There was a way of doing it, and you... There was a method to... <laughs> yes. There was a method to love, and if you didn't master it that way during that time, you weren't being a real man. That's so... That's so, fucked up. You know what I mean? So, it, yes, and it was fucked up, and I realized that after a situation that I got put in. <laughs> so... I stopped, I didn't talk to her for that week, okay? And I'm dating this person, by the way. I feel bad that I, ever since then, and I found out what predicament she got put in, what I got put in at the end, I was very upset because I was like, all because I made a choice to listen to my friends. Even though, like, because, like, okay, I understand she, listening to your yes. friends as advice because they're peers and they've, they've also experienced things that, like, you might have because just because they're the same age as you, but... Think about that. What they just said. That makes absolutely no sense. If you care about a person okay, and then you sleep with them. Let's also begin with, I played with action figures. To this day, I still collect action figures and I'll play <laughs> with them. So think, so think of it like this. Like I said, I suffer from mental illness and I've always had mental illness even as a child. So growing up, I wasn't as fast advanced as everybody else was. Nor so you was were I easier to to like, manipulate. So 
when they said to do this, and even my sister said, no, if you call her right now, she's going to think you're pissy whipped. And you don't want no girl to control you, do you? And I was like, I don't no. know. You're controlling <laughs> your relationships that you're in. I mean, it it's seems like, pretty that's good. That's really fucking weird. It seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it seems pretty nice. Yeah. But she was like, no. So that's not how you do it, bro. That's not, you know, you don't want the girl to think, you know, she's a nicer girl. I'm a thug. There's a difference. Because she was a gang member. Oh, so, okay. So right, she was right. kind of like, I'm a thug. I'm hard. She's like, we I do can things do different. We, we do things differently. We don't allow men to do that. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of like that. And I'm not saying she's in the relationship that she's in. It's whatever. I'm not going to post it all over the internet. No, you know? but, but, but that but, kind but of it's advice. Whatever. It's whatever. It was yeah. in the past. Yeah. And she lives a different life now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that was okay. the kind of advice that yes. you were getting. Yes. So I didn't talk to her for a week. Well, mm -hmm. during this week, she was invited to a party to go see a best friend that she had. Oh, okay. Well... Because she thought that I just hit it and quit it because I didn't call her back. I didn't talk to her. Mm. I didn't try to visit her. I avoided her at school because that's what I was told to do. Okay. And my friends kind of were like, no, come over here. Don't talk right. to her yet. Yeah. Don't talk to her yet. So I'm like, okay. And I'm a pothead on top of this. I'm addicted to pot. And I'm a big pothead. So I just went along with it. Yeah. So she ended up having relations with her friend yeah well whatever happened happened basically it ended up with she got pregnant and i quit school because i felt like i wasn't a good enough husband oh, it, okay. or boyfriend if i didn't quit school to raise my daughter oh so i quit high school i see yeah i mean yeah. And I wanted to be the ideal person that my parents even told me. So when I told my parents, my parents were like, yo, you knocked her up. You need to grow up and be a man now. Mm -hmm. the, all the childhood stuff that you thought you had, it's Wrong. gone now. It's gone. Mm -mm. Don't even try to keep it. Don't yeah. even try to play with it. I'm going to give it to your little brothers. Yeah. All this shit, you know, like. Like you, you, you need to be a man now. So, at what point during this relationship did you fully realize that that you were gay? That you that you <laughs> that you would want that you preferred to be with a man? You um, know, it wasn't until I was about twenty five. Okay, so so you had been with with this girl, but like raising her yes, children. Yes, and there thing. was uh, a few cheating moments that happened that I didn't, I wasn't aware of, and that someone said that it actually happened told me to my face it happened because they wanted to hurt my feelings oh. and um, there was also uh, you know uh, just the fact that I raised my daughter for seven years just to be told she wasn't mine mm. so, so it was we and of... we had a son and we had a son together as well and I love my children I love my daughter I love my kids but for the that amount of that amount of period, and then before we got married, I asked her, you know, is there anything you want to tell me? If you want to tell me, my daughter's not mine, because mm. I knew my daughter's not mine. You know, and if you want to still... tell me, and she still said she was mine. So, and then asked for a DNA test when she decided to be when she started talking to him again. So, so at that point, it was like. 
at that point what it was was you were you were in this relationship where where you were trying really hard to just just to do right by your kids do right by now at that point your wife that, that you had, and my, that for you, my parents to live up to what my parents wanted me to live to that to you had time. like had also repressed your sexuality yes. that you had also shut down the innermost part of yourself because it was like if i am this way then it deletes all of this pain that i went through it completely it makes it irrelevant which it absolutely does not but that's how that's what happens in your head is yeah. is all of a sudden all of this work meant nothing you yes, know yes exactly all this hard work i couldn't even live up to my parents and stay married for for like this amount of time how can i stay with somebody who's going to do this to me and, and and how do i know how many times it didn't happen behind my back Absolutely, and, and and that's a thought that really eats at a lot of people when 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 a person cheats. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, and I know that she would probably say, "Oh, we weren't together. We weren't together technically because you didn't talk to me." Yeah, but we were dating. We were still together. I still loved her. I still had sex with her. Right. I still, you know, you, were, you still showed were... intimacy. Yeah, and I wanted to be with her still. Which Just because means, of how which toxic means it was. Yeah. At the moment when you even had your first suspicion, you should have said, hey, I think this is what's happened, and I don't want you to leave me, and I don't want you to hate me. But see, in the end, after the truth came out, it was a little too hard not to hate. Yeah. Because I threw away a future at a robotics college. I threw away my, my, my whole scholarship. I had literally like a $40,000 fucking scholarship going to a robotics school for college. I could have went there. I could have been somebody. I could have been somebody important. I could have been somebody making animatronics right now. I could have been somebody doing all these big things. But I never made it there because I gave up the life to raise children. But then, you see what I mean? Right. But that's but the thing is, is your life turned yeah. out the way it was supposed to be. Exactly. Because if it wasn't for all of that, I would have never figured out. Oh, shit. You would have never figured it out. You would have never met your yeah. current partner. Yes. And then you would have never met me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so life has to go in a direction that it has to go in. So yeah. eventually, basically, we had our issues. We tried to fix our relationship several times. It just didn't work out. I just didn't feel comfortable in the whole like for a while there I started to feel uncomfortable with sleeping with women I realized that every time I had sex with them I had to jump in the shower because I felt dirty right you just and, it was it was this and it, uncomfortableness and it dawned on me it yeah. dawned on me one day so I had a friend which back then like I said we used to call him Uncle Space yeah and I had a friend on Uncle Space and I messaged him and I said hey he was gay mm -hmm. and I said hey this is how I feel this is what's going on and he said, have you ever thought about this? Mm. You know, and I said, well, I don't know how I feel about having sex with a man. And he goes, well, I'm not there for you as your friend that would help you jump into this experience. He's like, and he do liked you want to find and somebody? And he really yeah. liked me. And he was like, kind of like, we would consider ourselves like, it, back then we would consider ourselves boyfriend. And let me tell you, I did date him for a little while. Oh, long. cute. Very cute. But... It was after all the experience because right. he said you need to experience these things first. You have to do it. And I'm that, glad he was a person that you trusted, you know. And he was the one that introduced me to Grinder. Oh, and then and you found Grinder, and, and then, then I found to... Grinder, and then I was able to meet my first. Mm -hmm. Aww. And let me tell you, he knows who he is, <laughs> and 
And back then, he was doing police academy at the college. Oh, you were telling me about this? Over oh Yes. <laughs> and, um... I love this story. <laughs> he was in a prior relationship, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I didn't find that out till later when they called my phone. That'll be a whole nother podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> but, Complicated. Um, but, like, yeah... He was my first. He wasn't gentle. I'm a, as far as intimacy goes and your first time, Not that a lot of part was gentle. Yeah. No, that there was. Oh, okay. That was all gentle, but the actual act of intercourse was all not that. gentle. Okay. It was more of a, hey, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. Okay. And then, you know, you're worried about whether or not you're going to get HIV and these kinds mm. of things. <laughs> and because you're, you're like, so okay. in the moment, you just are like, okay, I trust you. Because I talked to this person for several months before I ever, yeah, you know, decided to do it. And if I would have known they were, <laughs> they were a total whore, I would have <laughs> probably... That's why I don't see this person anymore. No. Like, we're still friends, but I don't I don't see him anymore. You don't anymore. see him in that way before, anymore. Yeah, 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 there's it's it's not like that at all, especially since I have my guy, <laughs> my baby. Obviously. So yeah, so uh, you know, I saw it in that way and I was like and it, and it was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. at first, but then once you got used to it and I had a couple friends who were, you know, right, 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 right. who were Bisexual quotation, homo flexible, um, yeah. homo flexible, yeah. Uh, you know, I actually decided that's who I was. But see, the downside is, is back then, I was hanging with a bunch of uh, probably not great people. A lot of them. Yeah. One of them, he's still a great guy. Hey, bro, you know who you are. If you listen to my shit, you're still my bestie, bruh. <laughs> you know who you is, bruh. You know who you is. You're, oh like, my, you're my dog, bruh. You're my road dog. Oh. You're my road dog. We gonna do him. I'm gonna kick your ass one day. Okay, <laughs> but still. Um, yeah, but uh, that's... that's so you, he's still my best friend to this day. Yeah. And, um, but the rest of it, they didn't react that way. Okay, so 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 you had these experiences with these people. What it what was it like for you to finally like? It was a lot of throwing around the slur. Ah. It was a lot of throwing around the slur. Oh, I'm not gay. I don't like, you know. Right. And for me, being gay and playing along, sometimes I felt bad. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the night, I'm gay. Yeah, and, and I'm beginning yeah. to realize it. And it, it hurt to throw around the slur, and, but yeah. I did it because if I didn't throw around the slur around and, and say it, you wanted you acceptance. Know, you didn't, I wanted acceptance. I didn't want them to, to catch on to who I really was because once because they obviously on, you knew that you were not going to be because, accepted. because I would smoke weed as well. And, and let me tell you back then when we smoked, like if you said you were gay, they'd be like, Oh, I don't want, you know, you know, I don't want you to touch my stuff. And I'll explain, I'll get more into that in a bit when I tell you what happened to me <laughs> with the person that at, reacted badly. Right. But, okay, so what ended up happening is, is all that stuff happened. Well, I dated one more female okay. because I had to be sure. You had to make sure that I it had wasn't to make sure, just, but yeah. this is where the cheating part comes in. Yes, sometimes I have to admit I did cheat on my wife. I mean, um, this isn't an admittance. This is, she already did wrong. I did wrong. 
what's the worst that could happen? I'm moving on with my life because I'm so hurt. Yeah. I want her to feel what I felt. Mutually I want her to mutually toxic. feel toxic. I was angry. I was upset. And yes, and destructive. And did I make the wrong decision, people? Yes, I did. I made the wrong decision. I should have just told my ex that I didn't want to be with her anymore. Yeah. But to move on forward and to prove that I didn't want to be with her anymore, I hooked up with somebody else. And it wasn't until after a bunch of drama went down where I was accused of doing so. Mm. But once I got accused of doing so and, you know, cops were called, um, after that moment I said, you know what, if that's how I'm going to be treated, no matter what, if I did or didn't, then I'm just going to do it. Right. I'm gonna leave. Yeah. I'm done. I'm, I'm. I can't deal with it, this craziness. It, ha- it has to happen, you know. Like when it when has you're to end. when when you're in a relationship where you're both like mutually destructive. When you're not uplifting the other person. When you are not even. Maybe if you're not even going out to hurt the person. If you're just hurting them and they're hurting you, there is no point to that relationship and there's, anymore. And there's not a lot of explanation to. Hey, guess what? I had someone else's kid. You raised it. You know, it's very hurtful on the inside because it not only makes you question everything that's ever happened throughout all the years, but every time they were late, every time they came, they stayed at work late. Was it were they really at work? And back then, we didn't have tracking systems. We didn't have all the things that some people you have just now. Had we to had to do trust. based on trust, and that was the one relationship that destroyed every ounce of trust that I ever had. Exactly that makes it hard for even my partner now yeah you know because of the fact that i was i was torn apart for no damn reason Mm -hmm. because and despite if this person hears the podcast and they're upset and crying right now i apologize that you're upset but in the end you did hurt my feelings (laughs) you ripped the only part of me that considered family, monogamy, yeah. all these things that you're taught and you destroyed every ounce of what I believed in. Right. And you didn't just do it with, you know, with it grace and, yeah. gla- and just trying not to hurt. No, you intended sometimes I felt like to hurt me and you waited that long to hurt me. Right. And you waited the right moment, the right time because you even started talking to the other child's father right so that 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 made it hurt worse if they wouldn't have did that it wouldn't hurt so bad right but they did right so so now i moved on Mm -hmm. i got with this other girl Mm. we're doing our thing and i'm with basically the girl i always wanted to be with in high school Okay. She's the popular girl. Oh. She's the partier. So this is we get to party, and I partied a lot. But let me explain something to people. When you hook up with the one dream person that you think you always wanted to be with, there will always be a negative flaw unless you're truly in love with that person, like you've always loved them before. If there's none of that, and you're just jumping and rebounding, now let's get into rebound because <laughs> no, did only did I cheat? I rebounded. Yeah. And when you get with the rebound, you're not just hurting the rebound, you're hurting yourself. Because you're you're idealizing that person to be maybe even if even if the rebound isn't exactly like your ex, you kind of wish them to be that way just a little bit. Or you go so far and you say I never want this person to be like like who I was with before. Yes. And and it hurts because you're you're at that point getting into a relationship with somebody that is like 
it is hurting your healing and grieving from well, that. That's why when we were younger, they had that saying, you know, uh, if you plan on changing the person you're with, then maybe you shouldn't love them at all. Exactly. Because now you're changing their personality. You're changing who they are. And for what reason? Just so you can rebound and feel good about yourself? Yeah, I felt good. That person felt good because they, they thought that they had something that was, what do you call it? But then even when I told her, when I finally, that was the rebound that I told, hey, no, I'm gay. I'm going to move on. And it was hard for her because she was kind of like, what do you mean you're gay? We had because, sex together. They, they had, we, you know. we had intimacy together. You wanted to have more kids. You wanted all these things. You can't have that if you're gay. You know, you can't do those things. Yes, I can. Technically, you I can adopt. absolutely can. I can, I can adopt. I can time, get a surrogate. But at the time, it was just for not her, that way. it was hurtful. And, and she yeah. felt hurtful. She felt betrayed. But then in the end, she already did things with my best friend, too. So how can you justify a relationship when there's cheating going on? Right. And it's... Uh, and, and then... The problem that I've always had with the girls that I've picked is, is they always try to play the victim. Right. Then that makes it hard for the victim for me to be a victim. Because, because you then, also were, you then, know. Yeah, cause, and then when I was younger, things happened to me. So I didn't play the victim my whole life. I just said, it happened, move on. Right. Where now, I got people playing the victim in front of my face and I'm going... Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. There is a lot more hurt that's going on that is not your hurt, you know? Yeah. And And chances are it's not their hurt to bear either. They're like hurt for other people. They're hurt for, you know, all these things. And it's like that hurt can still be valid. The problem is when you end up like being with a person and, and, and you're talking with them and it's just, they are always the victim. They will never, there will never be a situation where they're the one that's in the wrong. Or if they are in the wrong, they're they're the type of person that's not going to move on. And those are the types of people that you want to steer clear from because those people will never admit their faults. They will never fully admit the things that they did wrong or even admit that they should get help. They'll yeah, say that they need say, it, they'll beg say, for it, but they won't see, help and themselves. The pers- and, and, and the person <laughs> that she ever hears this, I'm not going to be mean to you either, but... You already said, she already said she had a fantasy to be with my friend. Yeah. So when you already had the fantasy, you just got to live the fantasy, and now you're feeling bad because you did. That's not my fault. That's your fault, and technically, that's when I realized maybe women hurt me too much, Mm. and maybe I need to open my eyes to bigger and better things. Other things. Other things. So I got a job. I started working. Um, I couldn't pay my rent, so she still was my friend. We were still friends. She did come around. Yeah, she did. We did things to help me pay for things. Yeah. So I had a few moments with her where it was maybe intimate, if you considered it that. But when alcohol is always involved, can you really tell if it's intimate or not? Right. And back then, I was doing a lot of drinking after I got with her. I was trying to drink away all the pain of being with my ex before that. It's numbing yourself because you don't want to face the stuff that 
that that that person did in the relationship, and you don't want to also face the shit that you did during that relationship. Yes. And it's just this feeling of I need to numb myself. I need to get rid of these feelings, but it's not healthy to do that at all. Exactly. And and when you're also being intimate with a person, say so that they can pay your rent, that is a really crazy mindset to have, especially if you're not even attracted to the parts that they have. You know. Like exactly. you, you, you end up just like hurting yourself over and over and over again because you're numbing yourself so that you can be with a thing, uh, be with a person that you're not attracted to, you know. And it's so, it's such a rough uh, thing to go through, and I, it really is tough to, to, like, I'm assuming it's tough to talk about it for you, but it's hard to hear yeah. about it because it's like, like I could never imagine doing that, doing that. And that's because I am in a living situation where I know that no matter what, if I really needed that help and if I really asked for it, I would get it. And, I, and, and I'm not fully alone yeah, as much as exactly. I think that I might be. You know? Yeah, and it was just hard because there was no one to turn to. It was probably the darkest part of my life. I left my wife. I could barely see my kids. And the only reason I even moved closer to my wife was that I could be next to my kids. Because I was miserable with for a whole year without him. Yeah. And I had to convince this ex of mine to let me move back over there, down from her. And she ended up moving out later. And then, you know, I ended up going online. And I worked and I did that thing that we did for a while, for about a few months. It's about six months, I would say. Because during the six months... I happen to be talking to the best person in the whole world. Oh, is it the person that is it the person that that I and yeah. he came into my life and we know where it went from there. He changed Aww. my life, but when he first came out, you know, he helped me. He didn't want me to be in that situation no more. Mm -hmm. So he said, "I'm moving in." She, this ex of mine literally threw cat litter all over his clothes when he first moved in. Wow. Just to be mean. Wow. You know, and that's why we're not friends now. We don't communicate. We don't talk anymore. And she blocked me and she thinks I'm a piece of shit and that's fine. <laughs> but, it's you know. whatever, um, you know. Yeah, but it's Because you whatever. got your kids in the end and that's yeah. all that you needed from her. <laughs> yeah, you know. And now, no, well, not her. The other one, uh, the rebound. Oh, the rebound. Okay. Yeah, the well, rebound. Still. So, uh, so yeah. So then, I always kept communication with my ex-wife because you know, for the kids. Oh, obviously. I want my kids to have the best and you know, be with their mom and dad, and that's a whole other story that we can have about parenting. Mm -hmm. That we can explain how I got screwed over in that. Right. But uh, I ended up winning in the end. Winning. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so after that, he moved in with me, and I had no choice but to tell people I'm gay. Yeah, I'm. This is my roommate. You know, yes, he's a man. And at first, I just told him he was my roommate. But after a while, I got tired of it. People, my old friends would come over, and I'd be like, "He's my roommate. He's my roommate." But then, you know, deep down inside, you start to feel like crap about that. Yeah, because it's it feels like you're devaluing your partner. You're so, demoting them from the the high standard that you know that they deserve yes. to not, you yeah. know? So then I one of my friends comes over, my ex one of my ex friends comes over and he's like, "Hey, so what's going on?" And I'm like, "Oh, nothing." He's like, "Let's smoke a couple joints." I said, "Okay." We start smoking some joints, so I start to loosen up and I think he can trust him, so I tell him 
the guy that lives here, he's, he's, he's my boyfriend. Like, I love him. I want to be with him. And they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. You be you. You be you. Well, little did I know, they went back and told everybody else. And you were outed. And the crew was not happy. You got to understand how I used to be. I was big on wrestling. I've always been on wrestling. I love WWE wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, I love AEW. I love all kinds of it. But WWE has been my biggest thing. Right. I've always loved it. Wanted to be a wrestler since I was a child. And the friends that you had. And the friends that I had, I would wrestle with them. And then they they kind of saw it differently. And they took it as I just wrestled with them because I wanted to feel on them. Which is so homophobic. It is. It's, it's very homophobic. It's gross. It's because they have nothing else to... They can't say, oh, I don't like you because, you know, we we did all this. But let's bring up the time that we wrestled. Why did that bother you so much that it just bother you, jump back in your mind? I wasn't trying to fill you up. I was literally wrestling with you. If you remember the moment, not once did I grab your groin, nor did I slip my fucking hand down the crack of your ass. Which is so, like, so it's, it's homophobic because it's grasping at straws and trying to find ways to pin any interaction that they've had with you yes. to you being gay when exactly. that situation had nothing to do with you being gay. Yeah, so you know? this person talked a lot of mad stuff about me. He was supposed to be my best friend for 12 years. Oh. This is my whole marriage. He, I've known him since the beginning of my marriage to before my marriage. He was my best man at my wedding next to my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, he was... He was there, you know, and we were bet. And I thought anything could, we would never fight the way we did. And it just turned out that he wasn't okay with nothing all these years. He just, he just was like, okay, blah blah. So he got mad. So he started talking a gang of shit. Uh, and one day, my that friend comes over and he's like, "You want to smoke a joint?" And I'm like, "Sure." And it and he just... and he and it broke off because we just stopped being friends because he talked a bunch of stuff about me and was saying a bunch of rude stuff. And then he threatened to uh, stab me. Oh. And I, being that time as coming out as gay, and I felt like I had a new life, a new me, I told him to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't do it, uh, of course, because here Cause I am. Because you're, yeah. Here I am. And even if he did, I probably would have still survived, but then I probably would have been doing a podcast from prison. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, you know. It was just one of those experiences, and a lot of people stopped being my friends, and a lot of family, uh, when I announced it on Facebook, you know, uh, stopped being my friend on Facebook, and it, it was it was a ride, but honestly, in the beginning, it bothered me, mm-hmm. of course, because why wouldn't it bother you? Everybody just turned their back on you just because you like a male. It makes no sense. It's like falling in love with that one woman that nobody likes and everybody starts treating you like crap because of it. Yeah. You know, you're kind of like, why? It doesn't and, make any sense. It, yeah, it continuously exactly. is is invalidating your experience and your identity. But then also, it's just a weird reason. There is Actually, there really is no reason. Even if it's like a religious thing, um, I thought we were all born with sin. We can't choose to be gay if homosexuality is a sin because we're born sinners, right? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and a lot of studies now, and with all this stuff that's happened, a lot of studies have proven that there's been gays around for centuries now. Yeah. And and it's just, it was frowned upon in the past, so certain people that were famous for, you know, being who they were, were now shunned and out of history books. So it's it's been a process for all of the LGBTQ community, you know, and and plus... I should say because now there's so many more letters added to it. Right. But LGBTQ plus. <laughs> yes. And it's just been one big, you know, ride for each of us having new experiences. Some of us had really good experiences, some of us had really bad experiences, and some of us were just it was just okay, you know, be you. So I think that, you know, coming to the end, towards the end of the whole, you know, ideals of the things, let's get into your idea before we come completely to the end. What, What is your idea on rebounds and cheaters, though? Okay, so um, this will be relatively brief, I think, because I don't necessarily, like, again, my only real uh, long-term relationship was a year and a half long. Um... I don't know if he still identifies as polyamorous, but at the time he did, and um, he did want to open up our relationship pretty um, early on, and I let him know that I, due to my, you know, issues with intimacy and um, commitment and all that kind of a thing, and uh, like huge jealousy issues as well, I was very, um, I'm not opposed to it, but I wanted to, to be sure that I, that I trusted him. Um, so we were in a relationship for, um, we were in a relationship for almost a year at the point where I finally said, okay, you can, you, you know, go and be with people. And, um, that was really hard for me. Um, I don't know if I identify as polyamorous or strictly monogamous, but the way that we went about it was very, um, certainly not right. And I define cheating as lying about who you're with, um, and just sort of, um, continuously lying and not communicating with your partner about how you've been with this person or, or, you know, what you're, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the relationships are completely, uh, valid and, you know, you deserve to have privacy to your relationships. But I also believe that there is a, um, there needs to be a sense of, of, of clear communication and boundaries as to, you know, what is going on. And, um, there was a time where he was consistently lying to me about this person um, that, that he was with, and I still love and respect this person. I really hope that the relationship that they have is better, you know? And I do hope that everything works out, because, you know, it's... it's like we don't want to see the, the worst happen to our exes, because, I mean, honestly... Everybody out there has an ex somewhere, you know what I mean? And that ex probably doesn't feel that, feel that good about that person. But it's like after a relationship, if you are if you were that destructive, if you were that whatever, and that was, you know, however however long ago, chances are that person has changed, you know? If it's not a consistent pattern, if it's not like it, it like the reason why I want to be as respectful as possible whenever I talk about my now ex is because I know that in the relationship we taught each other a hell of a lot and there are a lot of mistakes that we will not make again, you know, that we 
ended up having to to make with each other to actually realize that 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 that's wrong and we will do better in our next relationships and we we have you know consistently apologized to each other after that kind of thing and i and i know that i still hold a lot of resentment sometimes for the stuff that he did but in the end it was uh you know a new experience for the both of us and um there was a lot that that went down but with rebounds and things like that honestly i think that they sometimes are are uh, needed is when you're it's when like you're a with somebody evil. <laughs> well, it's, it's because a necessary evil, when honestly. you've been with somebody for so long and you're used to this consistent closeness, this consistent um, you know being with somebody, whether or not that's like intimately or just in general, like the physical affection of of just like the holding hands or the hugs or the kissing or whatever. It is, I think sometimes it is completely needed to to find a person that if you communicate clearly that you just that you're there only for, you know, X, Y, Z, whether or not it is just for the sex, just for the physical affection, all that kind of thing. As long as you are communicating that effectively and you're not leading that person on into thinking that that relationship will become something more, I think that that is a completely healthy rebound to have. You know, like it is, it is completely allowed to need that kind of physical affection um, after a relationship, at least a, a one that was particularly toxic. If you just want the closeness with the person without um, being in a relationship just so that you know you're not hurting anybody else and you're um, not going to be pressing your issues that you had from that last relationship onto other people I think that that's a great idea you know where it does get toxic though is when you're just um, where you're doing it out of spite where you're um, being just generally destructive again not communicating leading people on um, just all that kind of a thing it really is a healthy thing to do if you do it right you know yeah. it's it's completely allowed in, in my in my book yeah <laughs> you know and then of course cheating in any book is wrong no I, I mean yeah you should you should always try to be more honest with the person you're with i can understand how even my situation I should have been a little more honest, but then again, I shouldn't have been accused, and then again, all the things that led to it wouldn't have happened. I probably would have never cheated. But it, but in the end, it's, you know, it was it everything was, the way it was. Like, and it's like, will I ever do it again? No. No. You know. Now I'm never gonna do it again, and you know, so, I mean, it's just one of those things, cause like even now, I talk to my partner, and we talk more of a polyamorous relationships sometimes you know due to our own things our own situations and how we feel about certain things you know intimacy and those kinds of things yeah but when you have the permission it's usually better than it is to try to run around but all due respect to those who do i mean we're not gonna hate on you if you do if you if you are just you love the dlness of it and you love the, the whole thrill of the cheating game. You're do living you. your life, and obviously you're hurting people in the process, but as long as you don't do that to me, I don't give yeah. a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Live, do you, do you. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and probably end this podcast on that. This was a very, very long-winded, very serious podcast, but we're, yes, we're going to record definitely. another one that's going to be a lot less serious just to, you know keep the spirits up yeah like lighten the mood a little bit because i know sometimes we go deep people but you got to realize like we said before we got a little bit of adhd going on so. 
we, we're not organized nothing's really edited and a lot of it is just raw uncut as just talking talking yeah, yeah. <laughs> i hope you guys enjoy it, the dark and moss show <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time talk to you soon bye bye